You're listening to Comedy Central. Please welcome Chuck D and Tom Morello. Welcome, welcome, welcome Thank to you very the show. Much so good to have you. Well, welcome great to, to it. be here. I like this. Yeah. A super group, uh, two superpowers connecting. Three, including Cypress Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yes, yeah, be real for yeah, Cypress that is powerful. Why and the a name? Super host. And a super host. Yes. <laughs> oh, who's that? Me? Yes, you. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm in the key. Oh, I was a fan since I heard you came from Joburg. So go up, you know, big up Joburg. Oh, my man, I like that one person from Joburg. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the name, uh, sure. Prophets of Rage. Why that name? Because I mean, there were so many variations. Sure. Well, it's, it's the shortest band meeting we ever had. Uh, uh, Prophets of Rage is members of Rage Against the Machine, Cypress Hill, and Public Enemy. Right. There is a Public Enemy song called Prophets of Rage. Right. So when we were saying, what should the name of our band be? Chuck D suggested Prophets of Rage. He's the prophet. I'm the rage. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that rage. Um, you have been someone who has been, you've been political for a very long time. I mean, most of your life. Sure. Uh, you also worked in politics, which I never knew about you. I mean, yes. you worked for a senator in yes. California when you were really young. That's correct. And after that, you said you never wanted to involve, be involved in politics in that way it, ever it again. It cured me forever. Of, <laughs> it of cured Vermont. you? Why? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was the scheduling secretary for United States Senator Alan Cranston for two years. And right. it cured me for two reasons. Uh, one was because it was entirely about money. Most of the day was spent putting the senator on the phone with wealthy Democrats, wealthy Republicans, wealthy people who he would ask for money and none of that money came for free. But that's not the main reason. The main reason is one day I received a telephone call from a lady. She was complaining because there were Mexicans moving into her neighborhood. Right. And she was outraged and wanted the senator to do something about this outrageous Wait, thing. Wait, just to do something about them moving? To stop, to do some sort of ethnic cleansing of her neighborhood, I believe, <laughs> was, what she, was what she was looking for. Right, right, some right. Some sort of pogrom against the Mexicans. And um, I said, ma'am, you can go to hell. Thinking I had done the senator's business, and, you know, I hung up and it was great. So she ended up calling. Compla- I got yelled at for two weeks. And I thought to myself, if I'm, if electoral politics or a world where I can't tell a racist to go to hell, then that's not the right job for me. So rock and roll, on the other hand. On the other hand. Right. On the other hand. So I've looked at it as my solemn sworn duty for the next, you know, a couple of decades to tell racists, whether on the telephone, whether in the streets, or in the White House, to go to hell. You are no stranger to telling people in power to go to hell, Chuck D. Uh, it's interesting because a lot of people in music go, you know, stay out of politics and don't get into it because you have fans that buy your music from either side. This is not something you have gone for from the beginning. Honest, straight to the point, this is your point of view. This feels like an evolution. Was it inspired in some ways by Donald Trump? Um, no, well, you know, Donald Trump was part of it as, as uh, this came together with, with Tom basically saying that this infuriated them so much that it was, you know, more about than just tweeting about it or going right. to social media. We can do something about it. We can do something about it What we in what we do musically to bring the noise and make people aware. And it's one thing about turning fans off, but one thing we've been is fearless with our music. And I was raised, uh, being born in this city, is to be fearless and say what you need, you know, to say and say what needs to be said. And uh, that's been pretty much my track line right throughout. And if, you're make, if you're making music that everyone can agree on, you're probably making pretty <laughs> music. <laughs> Touche, I like that. Um, 
Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you, this is interesting. Uh, when you heard, or did you hear that uh, Paul Ryan said he was a huge fan of Rage Against the Machine, um, did, did you did you think to yourself, like, does he know who you are? <laughs> Has he actually heard the lyrics? Yeah. Maybe yeah. he just hears the music? Yeah, well, well, I mean, first of all, there's no political litmus test to being a fan of right. the bands. And, and one of the most inspiring stories that I hear every day is people come up, they got into our bands because of the aggression of the music, and they were exposed to a different point of view. That's oh, totally cool. Paul Ryan's point of view, however, Remain. He, he does do a lot of raging against women, against gays, against unions, against workers, against the environment. So that's it, his machine. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 but I mean, wrong. He's basically the epitome of the machine we've been raging against right. our, our entire career. So while he does, he may use Rage Against the Machine for his PX90 workouts. <laughs> <laughs> let's see him. Let's, let's get in the pit. You're welcome to any ship props rage show in the pit and let nature take its course. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you wonder, like, you know, you know, his teen spirit just exploded when he made that statement. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. First of all, you're not you're not allowed. You, I mean, he was trying to. I don't know what he was trying to do when he said that, but sort of piggyback on some of the coolness or whatever. And that, right. We just weren't about to let him get away with. Well, it. what what do you want people to take from the music? Because I mean, both of you have a history where your music has inspired people, as you say. Your music has uh, enabled people to speak out. Some people have have used it as catharsis. What are you hoping to achieve from this? Prophets of rage. What are you trying to do beyond just make amazing music? Well. This man, our mantra is the world won't fix itself. Right. You got to do something about it. Make things happen. We didn't wish for the world to be in this effed up state for us to be a band. We'd have found 12 topics. But we're also telling people in the United States of America, yes, think globally, act locally. If I talked about Johannesburg and people say, I don't know because I think that's on another planet, we don't want that to be people's you know, limitation. Right. We want to be a, a band. We'll find 12 topics. But since uh, 2016, with the monstrosity of Trump POTUS, it's the lowest hanging fruit to attack it under the belt. <laughs> I love the Trump POTUS. <laughs> if you are, you come together, you're in the studio, I would love to know who gets angrier and why. Hmm. Like, what is, like what is the one moment where you have to hold Chuck back and okay, what is the first, moment first, where first you First of all, go? we're also in a band with Be Real and so there's so much secondhand smoke in the studio. <laughs> Oh, so this is like a really no rage. one's no one can be too angry. I'm trying to get my rage to a fever. Right. I have to like wear a mask in order to get my rage to the pitch that it requires. It's like it's like a chilled rage. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean the, the the point is that we try to weave our we don't try we do we weave our convictions into our vocation. Right. And that's something that anyone can do and probably should do. And I think it's one of our human responsibilities is not to leave behind who we are in what we do. And that's how the world changes. Like history. History isn't something that happens. History is something that you make. And if you sit on the sidelines, somebody else is going to make that history. And I'm not, I don't trust those sons of bitches. <laughs> Chuck? Um, let me ask I'm you, one of the ask best you. players in the world. You know, this man's redefined the guitar. You know, you got Timmy C on bass, who, who pretty much is like, you know, a James Jameson in the rock world. You got the god of hard drums, Brad Wilk. You got one of the best turntables in the world with DJ Law, and you got the unbelievable, incredible Be Real from Cypress Hill, a 26-year vet who has the charisma to be the front MC while I back him up. And um, if there's any anger, it's like if you feel that you can't step up. And there's times where I'm the weakest link. Stop. So if I'm the weakest link, any other band in the world's in trouble. <laughs> you guys are trouble, man. You're exciting. We're excited well, for the well, music. Well, our, our basis is like we want to change the world, but on stage we will change the environment. Let me ask you about changing the environment. I, like, so you, like you said, you came from the city. Your music was about 
fighting the power. I'm born in Queens, the same right. county that Trump POTUS is born, 12 years apart. What sickness? <laughs> what you're saying is that could have been you. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, let, let, let me... Let if, me. If, if, if only Chuck D were president. Seriously. Like, seriously. The, uh, Musician, that's what we do. That's what I do. You know, I, I, before we came on stage, I said, you know, um, Tom, beat me up so I can pay attention and be awake. Let, let, me, ask, let me ask you this with, with your music. You created music in a time when you were responding to something that was happening, you know, fighting the power. When you look at what's happening now, if you, if you look at that Chuck D and if you look at this Chuck D in this day and age in 2017, have you noticed a shift in, in the environment or do you feel like in some ways you are still fighting against the same power or is it a power that has in some way shifted or morphed? I started out 1986 as a professional during R&B. That's Reagan and Bush. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thatcher was chopping up the planet, you know, Nelson Mandela was in prison, you know, there was a wall up, you know, 2017, you're talking about the President of the United States building a wall, you know, so Mr. Mexico, let's build this wall, might be the the, the statement, but um, the biggest difference is that older people move on and transition and younger people come in, but the stench of racism hovers over and is, in, is in institutionalized. And we feel as musicians that we have the universal language and passport to tell the whole world to be accountable and responsible as you know, you're grooving to the, you know, to the grooves and the beats. Right. So that's probably the biggest uh, difference is that we can, we can kind of like synergize with the world's language of how ridiculous it is in some places. Uh, the world could connect a lot better than it used to. What are we going to do with this avenue? And um, right now, we're profits of rage. You guys are doing it, man. Thank Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. (laughs) Profits of Rage will be available September 15th. Chuck D., Tom Morello, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.